the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Everything we do at Shepherd is based around John 3.14 that teaches us to lift up the name of Jesus that the world might believe. We want to come alongside you in your journey with God and help you become stronger in your faith so you can better serve Jesus and share him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. Take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 14, and uh, you're going to need that uh, as we go through uh, this sermon uh, here today. Uh, in this text, it deals with the disciples' their heart, because their heart is troubled. And I know that there are many people here today that have troubled hearts. John chapter 14, verse 1 says, it begins with these words. Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. When your heart is broken, when your heart is troubled, you need to have faith. You need to keep believing. You need to keep trusting in two people, one God and then the other God's son, Jesus Christ. Four things that we all need to trust when our hearts are troubled. Number one, write this down. We need to always trust in God's word, in God's word. Life is full of disappointments. All of us go through moments where things don't go as we have planned, we are fearful people. We are disillusioned people. We are tempted. We are troubled. The Bible says in Job 5, verse 7, look at this verse, that man is born into trouble. You should already know that. Trust in God. Trust in me. Write this down. Those are words of wisdom for a lifetime. Whatever you're going through, to trust in Jesus. We say, I don't know if my loved one, uh, they, they just died. I, I don't know if I will ever see them again. Trust in Jesus. I don't know if I can get rid of this bitterness in my heart. I, I've been so offended. I, I was mistreated for many years and I just harbor this ill will. I don't know how I can ever learn how to forgive. You need to trust in Jesus. Well, Pastor, I lay awake all night long. I worry. I can't sleep. I, I worry all night long. You need to trust in Jesus. I don't know if I'll ever have victory over this addiction in my life. You need to learn how to trust in Jesus. He is greater than any problem you will ever face in this life. Amen. Number two, you need to trust that God right now, right now while you're sitting here, 
that Jesus is preparing your heavenly home. He said in verse 2, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, of course I would have told you. But he said these words, I am going there to prepare a place for you. While you're down here on earth worrying about any and everything, Jesus is up in heaven preparing your heavenly dwelling place. I want to tell you three things about heaven. Number one, it's a real place. Heaven is a real place. It's not a state of your mind. It's not make-believe. It's not a figment of your imagination. It's not some fantasy land. It is a real place. Number two, it's a permanent place. I want you to know that when you get there, if you get there, you will be there for all of eternity. It's like the old song says, this world, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Amen? When you cross over the great divide from this life until the next, I want you to know if you're a Christian, you'll finally be at home with the Lord in your heavenly dwelling. It is a place. It is permanent. Number three, write this down. It is perfect. It is perfect in every way. Revelation 21 and 22 tells us that heaven, that nothing impure will live there. There'll be no disease, no sorrow, no darkness, no tears, no ambulances, no hospitals, no nursing homes, no cemeteries. There'll be no sin, there'll be no death, there'll be no pain, there'll be no suffering. Only Jesus will be there. So don't get so worried and troubled and worked up about anything on this earth because no matter how bad things get here and no matter how tough things get here and no matter how bleak things become here no matter how troubled our hearts become here know and trust and believe that right now that Jesus is in heaven preparing your heavenly home Number three, you need to trust that Jesus will return one day. He said he was going to go to heaven and he was going to work on our heavenly dwelling place. And then he said in verse three, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Everything in your life would come into focus If you truly believed that one day Jesus was going to return, he said, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. Verse 3, I will come back. And he's using a Jewish wedding as a metaphor there. I want you to write that down. The disciples would have been very familiar with a Jewish wedding. A man uh, would propose to his girl, and if she said yes, If she accepted that proposal, he would then leave and he would go and he would work on their place where they would live, their place of residency. And she never knew how long that process would take. She just had to stay at home. She had to be ready. She had to be prepared. 
because uh, she never knew at what time, and usually it was a, a moment where she wasn't expecting. Sometimes it'd be at midnight, just out of the blue, there'd be someone shouting, and here would come the, the groom uh, with his entourage, and he would take his bride, and then he would return and go back to the house that he'd been working on. There would be a ceremony, there would be a celebration, and there would be joy. And all of that is a picture of Jesus Christ. He is the groom, and he was the one that chose us. He was the one that he decided that he loved us before we loved him. He was the one that pursued us. He was the one that proposed to us. He chose us. And one day we said, yes, Lord, we we want to have a relationship with you. So he said, okay. And then he left. And where's he been? Well, he's up in heaven. What's he doing? Well, for 2,000 years, he's been working on your heavenly home. When you look at the earth and all that's in it, he did all this in seven days. Imagine how great heaven's going to be when he's been working on it for 2,000 years. And one day, according to the Bible, he's going to return And he's going to take his bride, his church, those of us who believe in him, and we're going to go with him, and he's going to take us back to heaven, and we're going to live there forever and ever and ever and ever. And the next logical question is this, well, when's he coming back? Well, according to Matthew 24... Verse 36, no one knows about that day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son. Jesus doesn't even know, but only God the Father. One day God the Father is going to say, Jesus, it's time for you to go get your church, your bride. It says in Matthew 24, verse 42, therefore, you need to keep watch because you do not know which day the Lord will come. You better be ready. And verse 43 says, but understand this, if the owner had known at what time at night the thief was coming... He would have kept watch and would not let his house be broken into. Christmas week, my house was broken into. Someone just busted in, came through the back door, broke the door down, came in the house, ransacked, stole everything, which wasn't much. But had we known, I'm not sure I would have been there, but I would have had somebody there had I known. The Bible says in verse 44, so you also, you must be ready because the Son of Man, He will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. You say, when's He coming? He's coming when you don't expect Him to come. I've always wished Jesus would come back on April 14th, one day before taxes are due. (laughs) But it could be today. He could come back today because most of you are not really truly expecting it to be today. But he said, that's when I'm coming back when you don't expect it. If you read all of Matthew chapter 24, it has a listing of what's called the signs of the times. When you see these things happening, you need to know he's just around the corner. And according to Matthew chapter 24, all the signs are in place. False messiahs, check. Wars and rumors of wars, check. Nation fighting against nation, check. Famines and earthquakes, check, check. False prophets, check. 
Verse 10, people hating one another, check. Verse 12, when you see an increase of wickedness in the world, that's a big check. Verse 12, when you see the love of most growing cold and indifferent, check that one off. Verse 14, when you see the gospel being preached all around the world, and you see that right now because of modern transportation, because of modern technology, modern communications, because of the internet, right now you see the gospel being preached all around the world. And it says, when you see the gospel being preached around the world, then you'll know that it's just around the corner. Check that one off. When you see these things happening, the return of Christ is at your doorstep. Here's the question. Do you believe that? Are you living your life right now that if he came back before this service was over, that your life has been lived in such a way that this would be a welcome return or would you be scared out of your mind but we need to learn to trust that jesus is your only way to heaven it's your only way that you're going to get there he's your only hope he's your only door he is coming back if you want to be saved there's only one way to be saved and that's through jesus Look at this text in John chapter 14, again, verse 3, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You need to trust in that. Verse 4, you know the way, the place where I'm going. And Thomas in verse 5 said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus answered in verse 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. Imagine, imagine this afternoon you're on a flight, you go down to LAX and you get on a flight, American Airlines flight to, to Maui. It's about a six-hour flight, about an hour into the flight, the pilot comes on and says, welcome to flight 1290, service to Maui. We're cruising at 34,000 feet. We're going to be showing a movie called Spider-Man today. Oh, you'd be thinking, oh, this sounds good. And then he says these words. By the way, folks, I'm not sure we have enough fuel to get there. The gauges tell us that we won't make it. But don't worry about it. He says, I, I feel really good about this. In fact, I'm not going to use the fuel gauges at all. I'm not going to use the navigational devices at all because those things are too narrow and too bigoted. I believe that all roads lead to Maui. We'll be fine. I, I'm sincere about this. We'll be fine. Most of you would think that we have a lunatic flying this plane. You would not say in the, under those circumstances, you know what? I think I'll just take my chances. No, you would say, Mr. Pilot, Mr. Pilot, my life is at stake. You better be sure that this is the right way to Hawaii and that we have enough fuel to get there. And in the same way, people think that all roads lead to heaven. That just as long as you're sincere, it doesn't matter what you believe, just as long as you're sincere, 
You'll be okay. I'm not a Christian. I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in Jesus, but you know what? I'm just going to take my chances. Take your chances. Jesus said that no one comes to the Father except through me. You better trust in Jesus and in him alone. Many of us think that we're going to just sneak in. I want you to write this down. No one's sneaking in. You're not sneaking in. Nobody's sneaking in. I want you to turn to your neighbor and just say, if you don't know Jesus, you're not sneaking in. Say that. I want you to say it. When you die, your spirit goes immediately to be with the Lord. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Jesus told the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. He did not say, hey, 2,000 years from now when I come back, uh, you'll get to go with me. No, he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. When you die, your spirit goes on. Now your body stays here. And they put your body back in the grave. And one day, that, that body will come up out of that grave. So hopefully that helps you understand what I'm getting ready to read. But let's, let's look at, I'm just going to read this through. I'm going to read it fast. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. Now, if you have a loved one who dies, it's okay to grieve, but you grieve with hope because you believe you're going to see that Christian relative again amen but someone who's not a christian and they lose a loved one they have they grieve with no hope he says in verse 14 we believe that jesus died and he rose again and so we believe that god will bring with jesus those who have fallen asleep in him according to the lord's own words we tell you that we who are still alive who are left till the coming of the lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven, and with the loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Now, brothers, about the times and the dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come upon them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief because you were at church last Sunday and you heard Pastor Dudley talking about the second coming and you gave your life to Jesus. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness, so then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. 
But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as the breastplate and the hope of salvation as the helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, and, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live together with him. Let's stand. Let's stand. Everybody stand. So, this guy calls his pastor up. He says, hey, pastor, my sister-in-law, she's not saved. Would you come over to the house and talk to her? Pastor said, okay. So he goes over there in the living room, and the pastor's over here with the, with the guy who called him. And on the other side of the room is the sister-in-law. You know, she's sitting over here like this. And they're talking, and the pastor looked, and there's a carpet. There was a carpet there, and there was a seam going right down the carpet. And the pastor got up, and he said, he said to the lady, he said, you see this line? He goes, we're on this side of the line. You're on that side of the line. And he goes, over here, we've accepted Jesus Christ. We believe that he's the son of the living God, that he went to a cross, and he died for my sins and for your sins. And we have put our faith and trust in Jesus. And Jesus is in heaven right now working on our heavenly home. And one day he's going to come back. He's going to take all the people who love him, all the people who have served him, all the people who have put their faith and trust in the work of the cross. He's going to come back and he's going to take us. And we're going to go to heaven. And we're going to live for all of eternity in our heavenly home. He said, now you, speaking to the lady, you're on the other side of that line. You've never accepted Jesus Christ. Your sins have not been forgiven. And one day you will die or the Lord Jesus Christ will return. And when that happens, if you're not a Christian, then you are not going to go to heaven. You're going to go to a place called hell. And just like heaven is a real place, hell is a real place. And so he said to the lady, what you need to do is you need to get up and you need to come over here on this side of that line, stating that you believe in Jesus so that you can be saved. And before he could get the words out of his mouth, the lady just ran across the room and said, I want to go to heaven one day. And he led her to Jesus Christ. And today, all over this room, I tell you, there's a line here in the middle of this church. And some of you believe in Jesus and some of you do not. Those of you that do, when Christ returns, you're going to get to go to heaven. Those of you that have never made that decision, when you die, you're not going to go to heaven. I know that's politically incorrect, but that's biblically correct. And I tell you that because I love you. I tell you that because I want you to come across and give your life to Jesus. You will never, ever be able to stand before God and say, God, no one ever told me that I had to have my faith in Jesus. If you're here today, you can't, you can't, you won't be able to say that. You don't get to go to heaven because you're a moral man. You don't get to go to heaven because you're a religious man. You don't get to go to heaven because you attend church. You don't get to go to heaven because you take communion every week. The only way any of us get to heaven is if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. 
If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These Scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.